Tonight our lesson focuses on our relationships within the church, within our ministry, with the community of believers who've gathered as, as a part of the body of Christ. Um, and the subtitle of the lesson is, We Need Each Other. We Need Each Other. And if there was ever a generation that needed to live and walk in faith and in love, it's the generation in which you and I are living in today. Faith works through love. Um, tonight, we handed out the handouts. It's got probably 99% of the scriptures there. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we'll turn to a couple of two scriptures uh, in it later in the message. But most of the scriptures will be written there for you. Faith works through love. And we're reminded of that in Galatians 5, 6b, but faith working through love. And we can also say it like this. Faith results in good works done in love. And we're talking about building relationships that last, that we need one another. And as we work in love, faith and, work, faith and love works together. Uh, faith results in good works done in love. Jesus said it on the Sermon of the Mount in uh, Matthew 7, 17. Every good tree bears good fruit. Faith results in good works done in love. Amen. So we thank God that we have his word. We thank God that we have his anointing. But we also thank God that we have one another, the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. And, and for the mission church, and we'll get more specific in that later. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, the early church, beginning with verse uh, 244, uh, chapter 244, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions to share the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity or with sincere hearts, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Amen. Ain't that wonderful? We need each other in relationship. We need each other in fellowship. We need each other in partnership with one another to accomplish the plans and the purposes of the Lord in our lives as individuals, in our lives as a community of believers here at the Mission Church. Amen. Amen. Jesus said there in verse or uh, in Acts two forty seven, uh, the Bible says said that the Lord added to their fellowship to those who were being saved. That's our calling. That's our purpose is to build strong relationships with the body of Christ and in the sphere of our influence to bring the lost to the knowledge of the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. There's that word fellowship. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad for the blood? The blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. The Lord says, we need each other. That's what he's telling us. We need each other. We need to keep our relationships alive and strong. We need to help each other, build one another up, and help each other to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Me and the pastor was talking before the service. Uh, the, the, the greatest uh, thing uh, recommendation that we can make to the body of Christ, young Christians especially, uh, read your Bible. Now, we expect you mature Christians to be already reading your Bible every day. But if you're not, we want to encourage you, read your Bible. Those things that you've heard growing up as kids or in different denominations or just your uncle telling you stuff or your aunt telling you stuff, mom and dad telling you stuff, may not be biblical. You may be confused. You may have doubt. But if you open the Word of God, because the Word of God is alive, and the Spirit of the Lord speaks to you through God's Word. Begin to read the Word of, of God, and those doubts that you've had will begin to melt away because the truth is getting in you. And the truth from the Gospels, in the Old Testament, New Testament, wherever you're reading in the Word of God, it's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the Word of God. And it heals our bodies. It heals our spirits. It heals our souls. And, and it cleanses our mind. It washes our mind. The Bible says, so I encourage you to read the Word of God every day. 
But we need each other. We need to build each other up and help each other to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need each other's faith. Right? We need each other's prayers, especially in these days. And I want to be around and I want to partner with the anointed praying people of God. Don't you? I don't want to hang around unbelievers. Now, I'll come to unbelievers and witness to the Christ and be with them and, and share the love of Christ with them, but I'm not expecting any uh, benefit, you know. I get my benefit of worshiping the Lord, praying to the Lord, coming together. We're talking about relationships, coming together to the house of God with God's people, God's anointed people, God's praying people, people that are in fellowship, people that are in partnership, loving one another. Amen. Hallelujah. So our, our individual anointings and, and prayers of faith flowing together in one direction is more powerful than any one of us as individuals. All right, there's strength in numbers. Right, our prayers are multiplied when we come together. Deuteronomy 32.30 says, One person chases a thousand to flight, but two put ten thousand to flight. And you get a community of believers together. Ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred, thousand. How many, how effective are those prayers in the heavenly realms and manifest in the physical realm? Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, and I want to read this in the Amplified Classic. For where two or three gather, drawn together as my followers, there I am in the midst of them. Where two or three gather, drawn together, in fellowship, in partnership, in harmony with one another, Jesus said, I am in the midst of them. If you go back to Exodus, he used that same word here, I am, that I am. When Moses said, who am I going to say sent me? I am, that I am. Paul wrote in Philippians 1, 5, 3 through 5, I thank my God in all remembrance of you. In every prayer of mine, I always make my entreaty and petition for you with all joy, with all delight. I thank my God for your fellowship. There's that word fellowship, that relationship, that partnership. And I thank God for the Philippian church, he's saying here, for your fellowship, your sympathetic cooperation and contributions and partnership. Why? In it, for what cause? He says, for advancing the good news, the gospel from the first day you heard it until now. Hallelujah. Paul wrote this letter to his partners to those that he had fellowship with, relationship with, in relation with there, there in Philippi. Paul was explaining some very important spiritual principles where ministry was concerned. Paul was explaining uh, the exchange, a two-way two flow of God's grace and power in partnership, in their relationship for the purpose of the ministry. And prayer was, was a major part of that partner relationship. Paul was, Paul was saying there was even more being transformed in this exchange. Look at verses 6 and 7. Paul says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. Say, God has begun a good work in me. Amen. Hallelujah. And you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart, insomuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. And that's some important words there. You are a partaker of my grace. Basically, Paul was telling his partners, hey, we're in this together, and the grace or the anointings that God has put on me, he's put on you by having joined us together in fellowship, in relationship, in partnership. So he's saying, expect every anointing and blessing that I have operating in my life to operate in your life too. Paul said, that's where amen should go. Amen. Paul was telling his partners, hey, we're in this together, and the grace or the anointings that God has put on Paul, he has put on the Philippians, He's put on you by, by having joined us together. So expect every anointing and blessing that I have operating in my life to operate in yours too. 
And when we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we come together in partnership, in relationship, as the Holy Spirit directs, we'll be fully supplied and none of us will lack nothing. And we're going to look at the early church in a moment. Paul goes on to address, though, the Philippians, uh, verse 19 and 20. He goes on to address them about the need of prayer. Verse 19 and 20. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ, the Anointed One, and His anointing shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Paul earnestly expected his partners that he's been in relationship with, community with, to, to pray and stand with them so he could do what he was called to do by God. And he expected his partners to covet with him and to join with him in prayer, undergird him with prayer. Uh, and it was those prayers that was vital to Paul's ministry because they were his connection to an even greater supply of the Spirit of God, a greater supply of anointing that was necessary to get the job done. Now I want to draw our attention to the body of Christ, to the mission church, to the church in general, right, as it relates to uh, we need each other. Um, we've all seen how the church has had a tendency to, to stand back, and I'm talking about in general the body of Christ, to stand back and let the anointed ministers of God to bear the responsibility in carrying out the commandments of the Lord Jesus. And, you know, we've sat back, a lot of us have sat back like an audience or, or a room full of spectators, and we watch the pastors or the teachers or the evangelists or the, or the prophets come in and, uh, and whoever, right, do the work of the ministry. But that was never God's intention. Amen? We are the body. And I want to share some scriptures in Romans. And this is where if you have your Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter 4. Um, kind of lengthy. Or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 4. I have printed for you in your papers verse 4. But I want to read this entirety here. Verses 4 through 21, Romans chapter 12. And we're talking about how we need each other. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. So it is with Christ's body, right? We're all many parts of one body. So we belong to each other. In His grace, verse 6, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak it out as with much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. Now, our mindset, I want to turn our mindset away from we're letting the, the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers do all the work of the ministry. You know, that fivefold ministry is there to equip, equip the church to do the ministry of the gospel. And I'm sharing this in, verse, in Romans chapter 12. Some of these, as we're all many parts of one body, God's given us all different abilities and gifts to serve the body and also to serve uh, your community, your families. Verse 7, if your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If, it is to, if it's giving, give generously. If God's given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. 
Verse 16, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. I don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone, everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord. And he says in verse 20, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If you're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. We all belong to one another. And God has given us all these different gifts that's operating in you, the body of Christ. And he wants you to begin to operate in them. I mean, you've operated them in the past. Uh, he wants you to operate them every day. Uh, look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4. By 11 through 16. And I've got 16 down on your papers. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. We're talking about relationship. Being in partnership. That we need each other. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. You have a special work. You were saying you're living in this day and time that we're living in. We call it the last days. The last day started 2000. Well, is it almost 2000 years ago. Uh, the new church after the resurrection. Uh, I like to say we're in the minutes of the how you say that. Uh, the, the, the minutes of the last hour of the last days. And you're here for a purpose. Amen. So each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. You're to help me to grow. I'm to help you to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit as He wills. And He mentions the purpose of these gifts. We're not going to read the whole chapter 12, but uh, I encourage you to go read those. Uh, he mentions in verse 7... 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the purpose of the gifts mentioned. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, so we can minister to one another. The scripture goes on to say in verse 18, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Notice how all the writers of, of, of the New Testament uh, is pushing that point. Of, of we need each other, we're in relationship with, with, with one another, we're in covenant with one another. And God has put each part just where he wants it. Be happy where God has put you. If you don't have the giftings and anointings of an evangelist and God hadn't called you to be an evangelist, you can't have a, a, a pity party saying, I want to be an evangelist. When God's given you a gift and you're not even using it. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 25 and 26. This makes for harmony among the members. So that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. It's very important that we obey the word of God. We're bound together in fellowship with Christ and we're bound in relationship with the body of Christ. Look at 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have what? 
fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. James 1.22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Right? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, If anyone listens to my teaching and follows it, follows it is wise, is like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. And the rains comes in torrents, the floodwaters rise, the wind beat against the house. It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But if anybody hears my teaching and doesn't obey them, it's foolish. It's like a guy that builds his house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Both of those uh, people in experience the rain, the torrents, the floodwaters, the wind. The difference was what the house was built on. One was built on the bedrock of Jesus Christ and His Word, His love, His blood, right? And the other one was built on religious spirit or uh, the things of the earth, worldly pleasures and such. And those were the foolish ones that their, their, their house collapsed. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, in that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came on him and baptized him for public ministry. You can find that in John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34, and also Luke chapter 4, 18 to 19. And Jesus walked on this earth, bearing all the anointings of God, being in the fullness of God, manifested in the flesh. Yet, when he went up from the Jordan to begin his earthly ministry, what did he do? He called 12 partners to be in relationship, to be in partnership with his ministry. The body of Christ, right? He, Jesus taught them the ministry of the gospel and he sent them out to do the work of the, of the ministry. Not only did Jesus need their partnership, he also needed their prayers. Matthew uh, chapter 26 and also Mark chapter 14, there Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and along with his, his disciples, with his partners, right? With those that he had relationship with and, and covenant with, went there to pray. And, and perhaps this was Jesus' greatest hour of need. And Jesus looked to his partners, that relationship in the ministry, for prayer support. And we all know what happened. Three different times uh, during that spiritual night watch, Jesus indicated that he needed their help. But instead, they gave into their flesh and slept. Matthew 26, 40 through 45, portion of that scripture says, Jesus returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you, watch even, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Disappointment? Couldn't you watch for one hour? Disbelief? Couldn't you watch for one hour? Couldn't you just stay up for one hour to watch and pray? Jesus said the reason was watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He needed their prayer support and that fellowship in that community that he had uh, building the church of Christ. He needed that partnership, that fellowship in prayer, in prayer support. Our pastor needs prayer support. You need prayer support. The body of Christ needs prayer support. Today's no different, right? You and I are in the middle of a night watch waiting for the return of Christ and the church is in perhaps its greatest hour of need. If Jesus and the Apostle Paul needed prayer support and the, the support of their partners, the, the support of, of those that they had fellowship with, the community with, um, the support of their church family, we the church today we need prayer. We need encouragement. We need love to be demonstrated by good works. The dying world out there that's going to hell, they need to see the church. They need to see you in prayer support. They need to see you encouragement. They need to see your love demonstrated by doing good works. Right? We, we, we use that. I like to use that word practice. And we, I think in the lessons, we practice things. We practice the walk in love, right? We, we practice the, the gifts of the Spirit. We practice these things. We purposely choose to practice these things to make us better at them. To, to, it's almost like a, a become a, a, 
I know uh, the pastor was in the military. When 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 they shot a gun or threw a grenade, you didn't do it just one time and say, okay, you're ready. I mean, they practice, 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 practice. Any kind of athlete practice and practice and practices. It's no different in the spiritual. We practice the word of God. We demonstrate the word of God. We practice, practice, practice. We practice prayer. We practice encouragement. We practice love being demonstrated by good works. And we as the body of Christ need to practice walking in love and in faith. Remember, faith and love go together. We practice walking in love and faith and building strong relationships within the body of Christ. And we we practice building relationships outside the body of Christ in order to bring them to Christ. Right? We practice and demonstrate the love of Christ. The ministry of the gospel is in each one of us. The Holy Ghost is in each one of you. You're a born-again believer. The Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead is in you, that same Spirit. And He wants to use you, your members, your gifts, your talents, hospitality, kindness, encouragement, whatever that He's given you. That ability to make a pound cake that everybody wants, you know? Uh, that ability to, to catch some shrimp and then, then to have a shrimp bowl or whatever, you know? That ability to get on the phone or a text and send words of encouragement, scriptures that flow out of your mouth and through your heart and out of your mouth or on a piece of paper. All of those things, because we're the body of Christ, we're practicing walking in love and in faith that's going to build those strong relationships. On your paper... There's a prayer of faith I want us to do. And then we're going to sing a song. Um, this song only, has only been out not too long, Brother Paul. Uh, Holy Forever. I don't know. I've sent it to some of y'all. And uh, it really speaks to our heart. I want us to uh, stand and let's say this prayer of faith. You can say it after me so we can kind of stay together. And this is going to be a prayer of faith about Standing together in fellowship, in community, right? In partnership and relationship within the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ. We all have loved ones that are lost and we need to demonstrate love to them to bring them to Christ. Father, I stand in faith, Father, stand in faith. for those with whom, those whom I'm, in I'm in partnership, in relationship. In relationship. Bless them beyond measure. Minister strength and healing to them and supply all their needs. Thank you that the anointing and the grace that is on their ministry is on my life and my ministry too. For we strengthen and encourage one another. I believe we receive and are heirs together of the grace of life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing this together. A thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the
second part we're talking about building relationships that last this is our last lesson some of you say okay about time putting the word of God into practice amen hallelujah we're, we're talking about building relationships that last relationships in the body of Christ right and your relationships outside the body of Christ your fear of influence right we're all many members of the body of Christ, and we've all been given gifts to minister. I want us to turn to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now, this part of the lesson is titled, uh, now the first part was we need, every, right? we need each other. Uh, this is the prophet's reward. I want us to read this story, um, 1 Samuel chapter 30, 21 to 25. 1 Samuel 30. 
they want to. Uh, uh, let's look. Uh, we've got time. It's the word of God. Let's go to, down to verse one real quick. And we'll work our way through. Three days later, then David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag. They found that the Amicalites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag, and they crushed, they had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They carried off the women and the children and everyone else, but did not kill anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. So here they came, and they took the women and the children, as well as their, their herds. David's two wives were mentioned. Uh, verse 6, David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk about stoning him. But listen to what David did. D David found strength in the Lord his God. That'll preach at another time. Amen. Uh, then he said to Abathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. ephod. So Abathar brought it to him, and David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You'll surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Besor. Uh, but 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in the field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and some water to drink. They also gave him a part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he had not eaten anything or drank anything for three days and three nights. So before long, his strength had returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked them. And the man said, I'm an Egyptian, the slave of Amicalites. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Kithrites in the Negev and the territory of Judah and the land of Caleb, and we, and we had just burned Ziklag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders, David asked. The young man replied, if you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amicalites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. Verse 17, David and his men rushed in among them, slaughtered them throughout the night and into the, into the uh, entire next day until evening. None of the Amicalites ex escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. Verse 18, David got back everything the Amicalites had taken. And he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds. The men uh, drove ahead of uh, th those flocks and herds among the other livestock. The plunder belongs to David, they said. Verse 21, Then David returned to the brook Besor and met up with the 200 men who had, left, had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men. And David greeted them joyfully. But some evil make, troublemakers among David's men said, they didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder that we had recovered. Give them their wives and their children and tell them to be gone. Verse 23. But David said, no, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, from then on, David made this a decree and regulation for Israel, and it's still followed to this day. Now, you may think that that ordinance doesn't mean much for you, but it does. We sh I like that. We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. After all, you are a soldier just like David's men were. You're part of the army of Christ. And this is a continuation from the first part of our lesson this, this evening. You and I are on a mission to occupy this earth and to enforce the devil's defeat until Jesus returns. And you may not be on the front lines of a five-fold ministry, but, you, if, but if you're in partnership and relationship with a ministry who's doing the work of God, fighting alongside them through prayer and through giving, you will receive an eternal reward for every person who is born again, every believer who is strengthened, healed, or delivered as a result of that ministry. 
Now, example is our support for Feed My People. Bishop Thomas was here not too long ago from India. And he shared the ministry that they had. And, and some of us were surprised how big that ministry was. And uh, our church tithes to this ministry. So if you tithe and give offerings into the ministry of the Mission Church, you're also giving to the ministry of Feed My People. And Um, water baptism, salvations. Um, in their brochure, you'll see the rice bags that they give to the poor. Um, praying for the sick. Uh, they help them start uh, businesses, send them uh, uh, to, to, to be nurses. Um, so just a lot of uh, ministry that's going on. Uh, feed my people. Now, we also support other local and international missions, too. So if you tithe and give, uh, you tithe and give offerings to the mission church, you're also in relationship. You're in partnership with those ministries. Uh, White Eagle Christian Academy in South Dakota. All right, Christian International, an international ministry based in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Right, um, New Life Disaster Relief out of Diaberville, Mississippi, that travels to disaster sites. You may have not known that. All right, Good News Prison Ministry, Tony Graham. Uh, has been here and preached the local uh, prison ministry you're part of that every inmate that gets delivered gets saved you have a reward you have a part if you've sown into this ministry this church you've prayed you've given right you have a part of that ministry just like the David's 600 men those 400 that went the 200 that guarded the camp and the supplies and David said hey we're in it together they get rewarded just like we did. Samaritan Purse, the Christmas Shoebox Ministry, Rick Renner Ministries. He's in Russia and the United States. Um, another international mission project, Global Focus, uh, Alan McLennan, uh, Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Malaysia. You may not know that. Uh, and most of these churches in Southeast Asia, I did some research, they run from 600 to 1,000 is most of their churches. They've got a church with over 42,000 people in it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you sow into this ministry, if you give tithes and offerings to the mission church, you're in partnership and relationship with all these ministries around the world and in our local community. Now, you may not be able to go in person to India or Southeast Asia, You may not be able to go in person to India or Southeast Asia or to the jails or to any one of these ministries to minister the gospel. But like those 200 soldiers, right, that stayed and guarded the supplies, you're doing your part for the ministry. They were doing their part, right, locally and internationally. Those soldiers were guarding the, guarding the camp, per se. So you're praying. You're giving financially in tithes and offerings and special offerings. You're joining your faith. You're joining your love with faith in that ministry. And Jesus affirmed that in this principal partnership, that ordinance that King David declared, Jesus declared in Matthew 10, in verse 41 and 42. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, 
you will surely be rewarded. Amen. The woman with the 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 little woman to give the little two mites of coin, the widow's mite. Jesus standing over there watching arms folded, probably watching the rich people. You know, the rich people, they didn't put in the bills. They put in the coins so it'd make a lot of noise. You know, all that coins in there, you know. Or they do the paper, they hold it up, and they smack it like this, make sure everybody could hear it. Ooh, that's a $100 bill. Right? They received their just reward, right? Men's, men's applause. But Jesus said that woman that gave the two, gave out of her uh, uh, all that she had, you know, it's not the, I guess, the, the amount, but it's the love and the faith of your heart, right? God loves a cheerful giver. Um, but that's what she could give. That's what she gave, okay? I'm, I'm sure if she had $100, she would have given $100. Amen? The point is she's in partnership. You're in partnership, giving financially and tithes and offerings to the ministry in, at the Mission Church. You're in partnership with all these other ministries that we give to. Jesus said, you shall surely be rewarded. You'll receive an eternal reward for every person who's born again. You'll receive an eternal reward for every believer, believer who's strengthened, who's healed, who's delivered as a result of that ministry. The giftings that the Lord has graced you with, has graced me with, uh, to minister in the sphere of influence in and outside the body of Christ with faith and love. He's given to the, the giftings and the, the callings upon our lives, has graced us, the anointings that God has graced each and every one of us, is to be used for the ministry. Your ministry. You don't have to be uh, an evangelist or a missionary. You're an evangelist and a missionary in your community, in your work spot, in your workplace, in your school, in your family. Right? To win souls to Christ. Is that the bottom line? Preach, repent, re preach repentance to win souls to Christ, to encourage and serve one another as believers as part of the body. And not only is there an eternal reward of being in relationship with ministry, but there's also an aspect of earthly reward. And there's a wonderful story found in 2 Kings chapter 4. We find the story of the Shudamite woman who decided to support the ministry of the prophet Elisha, 2 uh, Kings chapter 4. She was determined to be a partner in his work, that one day when he was passing by, she constrained him to eat bread. Now, the scripture starts off... Uh, The widow woman tells her about her husband being passed away in the opening verses. Elisha tells her, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors when he tells her about getting the oil. Um, we're not going to have time to read that particular story tonight. Um, you know the story where the oil, he tells her to gather all the glasses that you can find, all the, the containers, and you're not going to run out of oil, right? Um, there's a... Uh, she wanted to support the ministry of Elisha. She was so determined to be a partner of his work that one day when he was passing by, she constrained him to eat bread, and she wouldn't take no for an answer. She insisted he stayed for dinner. She didn't stop there. Uh, the, the, the other story, I'm getting confused. The story, Second uh, um, Kings chapter 4, verse 10. That's where I want to go. Second Kings 4, 10. Elisha and the woman in Shunem. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there to get something to eat. And she said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he'll have a place to stay whenever he comes by. And Elisha did return. And the story goes on and says, uh, he told his servant, Gehazi, go find out what 
he could do for this woman, what she desires. Okay, Higgsai tells her, we appreciate your, uh, uh, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you've shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? She said, no. My family takes good care of me. Verse 14, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband's an old man. So Elisha says, call her back. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway. Now remember, she's ministering uh, to this prophet, Elisha. And Elisha is going to give her an earthly reward. He tells her in verse 16, next year at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. Of course, she didn't have the faith to believe. She said, no, my Lord. She cried, oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just like, like Elisha had said. An earthly reward. He released his faith and the prophetic word, and by that next year, she had a baby. God had rewarded her for her faithfulness in supporting Elisha's ministry. Spiritually, we have a full scope of anointing of God available to us through Jesus Christ, and we need to talk, walk that in that anointing. We need to practice the presence of God and be aware of his presence in every circumstance we find ourselves in. Part of this prophetic training is going to help you hear the voice of God, how to really uh, clarify in your mind and your heart and your spirit, oh, that was God. I didn't know that. Oh, now I understand. Clarification, identifying the voice of the Lord. Uh, materially, we'll enjoy a prophet's reward, right? Jesus said that. You'll, receive, you'll be rewarded even if you give a cold uh, cup of water to the least of my followers. So in community, in fellowship, in relationship, uh, by joining our faith together, by joining in relationship and partnership with one another and in the ministry of the Mission Church and all its outreach ministries, we receive exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask or think. By faith, we, we do that. Lord, I, I, it's better to, to give than to receive, the Lord says, right? God can't help it. He loves us so much that he gives us. Okay, Elisha told that woman, thank you for your kindness. She's, she's wanting this man of God to come to eat. They built, her and her husband built that room for him to stay in and supplied it. She's blessing the ministry of Elisha, and Elisha blesses her in an earthly way by giving her that baby. And I believe it was Paul's reward that he had in mind when he, when he closed his letter to the Philippians in the earlier lesson, we read all those scriptures in Philippians. When he, when he told those people, that, that body of believers that he was in fellowship with and community with, he said in 419, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The physical and the spiritual work hand in hand. Uh, whatever relationship you're dealing with, Right? We, 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 we talked about relationships. Has it been 19 weeks, Pastor? 10? Yeah. Um, the relationships that you have tonight with your family, with your coworker, with your friends, whatever it might be, uh, you may be believing for salvation for a family member. You may be praying for a, a strained, strained relationship with a son or a daughter to be renewed, um, to come back in alignment with the Word of God. Um, you may be praying for a stronger relationship with your marriage, um, praying for great favor with your employer, whatever relationship you're dealing with. I want us to speak the name of Jesus over that relationship. Um, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a church, to, to, to come and try out the Mission Church. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. But you as the members here tonight uh, and on Sunday, um, your ministry is not just in the Mission Church, right? You're reaching internationally and, and uh, locally and internationally. And I want you to be encouraged in that. I want you to be encouraged that the Lord sees 
those two mites that you put in, all that I have uh, in giving financially, uh, in prayers. You know, we may not see you in prayer at your house or in your car, but you're praying for the mission church. You're praying for the leadership of the church. You're praying for the pastor. You're praying for the ministries that we uh, give money to and prayer support to. You're, you're in partnership. You're in relationship with all of those ministries. And you may, the devil may say you're not doing enough, or the devil may say you're, you, you, you know, you're only doing a little bit. And remember, in relationship, uh, we're as a body, and we all have different, we're all different members of, of the same body, and God has given us giftings, every one of us, different gifts uh, to minister to one another. There's no such thing as too little, okay? Um, if you're given out of a heart of love, you're given out of obedience to the Lord, uh, nudging of the Holy Spirit tells you to do this, do that, and you're doing it. You're minding God. You're in God's perfect will. You're in the family of God. You're a member. You're a soldier for Christ. And God is not only going to uh, reward you eternally, but he will reward you earthly. He can't help it. When your kids in a physical, you know, the Bible says we call, our, uh, we call God Abba, Father. And you've had fathers and mothers or stepdads and stepmoms, aunts, uncles, grandparents that loved you, raised you, whatever that case may be in a family situation. You've always found that one that loved you and cared for you and would give you gifts. You know, parents, when the kids, they, they want to give them gifts. They love them. And God's the same way. Um, we spoke so much on relationships these last few months and I want us to have an altar call tonight and there's relationships that need help um, there's um, people that are lost in our family there's relationships that are strained in our families Ephesians 3:20 says now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us I want us to release our faith tonight and start believing for your relationships to be made new, to be made stronger, to be made more loving, more serving. Amen. It's a song we've sang it before, the name of Jesus. We're going to speak the name of Jesus. If you want to come up to the front as a as a just an act of, of faith to come up front center on the front or, or kneel at the front. As we sing this song and we speak the name of Jesus over every relationship that we have, a strained relationship with in-laws and outlaws, right? Speak the name of Jesus over those relationships. I'm telling you, that trip in North Carolina, they're strained relationships that only God can fix, okay? There's, there's bondages that need to be broken. Release your faith tonight. Start believing for relationships to be made new. And speak the name of Jesus over those relationships tonight. Call that son, call that daughter to salvation, to repentance in the Holy Ghost. Call healing to come. That strained marriage relationship. Speak the name of Jesus over it. nothing else that can fix it but Jesus. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
Anita, uh, the gift of hospitality is being displayed tonight. Is that right? Is that is that for the body of Christ, Anita? Or is that just for parts of the body? All the body. Anita says all the body. She has brought something uh, to nibble on back there to snack on, I guess, right? In the kitchen, fresh from the garden. Amen. Is it 